It's good to be here. I love my wife. She's the most beautiful, precious person in my life. So if I say anything that kind of sounds smart, you can thank her later. <laughs> Let's see. Um, um, I got stuck in a cave. Look, these are the stories I tell, okay? Just get... My wife says, my wife says, if it's something that sounds incredible, it's probably going to happen to Ricky, right? It's just, it's just the way it is. It's my gift that God has given me. You know, like, um, I, have a, I must have a face. I have a, another gift for uh, uh, clerks or, or attendants at gas stations. They just tell me their life story. This is true. You can ask my wife. I can't tell you how many times I've gone in to get a doctor enough because enough is enough. And pay for my gas. Five, ten minutes later, I come out. Erica's like, do you know him? I'm like, no, no. I don't know. She's, and then she's like, well, what were you talking about? Well, he was just, you know, telling me about how hard life has been lately. And it's just tough, right? I'm like, she's like, okay. She's like, well, what did you say? Because it's my fault. <laughs> that now we are late to dinner. <laughs> I said, hey man, how's it going? <laughs> I just have this face. <laughs> it's better than a punchable face. But still, it gets me in a lot of trouble. So, you know, the really um, interesting thing is that it is a gift. My sister has an amazing gift. She's good with numbers. I don't have that gift. My brother has an amazing gift. He's highly intelligent. Some would say that I don't have that gift per se, but we all have our gifts and we honor um, our pastor and my sister and my dad is amazing. Um, I love this church. This is the best place in the world. Um, so what was I saying? Oh, I got stuck in a cave, right. All right, sorry. I got, so what happened was, what happened was, I got stuck in this cave. My friend of mine was like, you remember Ethan? He was always getting me in trouble. I have ran from a bear because of this guy, fallen off a cliff into some water because of this guy. And this time, he's like, let's go splunking, which is, which is just cave diving. It's nothing bad, right? If you don't know what splunking is, it's just cave diving. And I had never been, and he's like, let's go. And I'm having a good time. I got my little helmet on with the, the light, and we get down into the cave for about an hour, and then all of a sudden, our lights die. Boom. And I was like, I thought you said you've done this before. And he said to me, hey, don't panic. Be calm. Just be still. Right? If you say these things to me, I don't know if it's just me, but calm starts packing its bags. <laughs> nope. Panic's on the market like, oh, I love to look at that house. That's a, I'm going to move into that guy. So we sit in the dark. Several minutes go by, and I didn't understand why we just couldn't move. He's like, I got a backup. Don't worry. I got a backup light. So I hear him fumbling around in his bag, and he breaks out a glow stick. <laughs> and we had been sitting in the dark for like 10 minutes, but what was amazing is he breaks the glow stick, and the whole cave lit up because my eyes had adjusted to the darkness. I had gotten used to being in the dark. All right, yeah, some of y'all know that's going to preach right there. That's... 
Don't get ahead of me. I have 29 minutes left. <laughs> so, so then, so then he says again, okay, I don't want you to panic. Stay calm. And I'm like, what now, man? Water is running into the cave because there must be a storm outside. And he says, the front entrance to the cave is probably going to flood very quickly. And we've been in here for an hour. We won't get back. The only way is through. Calm has left. <laughs> Panic has moved in, and it's graffitiing the walls. <laughs> He's got bloodshot eyes. He's yelling at everybody for no reason. He's super frustrated. Right? Panic. I'm like, what are you going? Are we, we going to die in here? He's like, no, man. I've been here a hundred times. I don't know if that was true, but. Might have been. I've been in here a hundred times. I know the way out. We're going to get out. So here I am following Ethan with my glow stick, and he's got his little glow stick, and we're moving through the cave. And then we come to the, the exit of the cave. But since it's been raining and the water starts flowing, the exit is now partially flooded. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm an adventure kind of guy, but this is stupid. <laughs> this is dumb. So... <laughs> He goes, he goes, all right, man, what you're going to do is you're going to get in this water and about 10 to 15 feet on the other side of this wall is the exit. If you're asking me to submerge myself, <laughs> hold my breath, right, and then duck crawl all the way under this wall, you need to know, is it 10 or is it 15? <laughs> you said you've done this a hundred times. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. I was scared, man. I, I immediately thought, and I asked the question, isn't there another way out? Ooh, yeah, that'll preach too, right? So I get, um, I'm, well, I mean, you guys obviously have high intelligence. I made it, obviously. <laughs> and I came out on the other side of that thing like I got baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, and singing the praises of Jesus. My God, hallelujah, I'll never sin again, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. Oh, my gosh. But life, life can be like a cave. It really can. Um, you ever, has that ever happened to you? I mean, not like you were stuck in a, a flooded cave. What I mean, <laughs> like life feels that way. You get in the cave, and all of a sudden everything's dark, and you can't see, and you're blind. And you're stuck. And the only way is through. So God, um, that's like God. I love God, but that's like God. He loves for us to face our giant. He wants us to walk through the fire. He, he gets all giddy when we are outnumbered by the enemy and surrounded. You're outnumbered? Eh. Oh, surrounded? Well, let's do this. What is wrong with you, man? I mean, like Lazarus, okay? The dude dies. Jesus raises him from the dead. And it says this in the Bible, in John 4.11. It says, and it happened for the glory of God. That's getting your point across. Yeah, I really want to make a point this morning. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to slay somebody right here. And then I'm going to raise him up. Just, 
That's crazy. And then Jesus says, he says it in John 17, verse 15. My prayer is that you take them, is that not you take them out of the world, but you protect them from the evil one. So like for us, there are times in our lives where it's, I just want out. I'm tired. I'm beat up. I can't do this. I've never been here before. And Jesus is looking at you like, stay calm. It's going to be all right. I've been here before. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and that's true. And the word is very literal on that. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Yeah. Psalms 119, 105, if you're taking notes. But I, I struggle with this um, idea, um, I think more than most or maybe like a lot of you. I see the Word of God as informative, like a, like a repository or a library of eternal, valuable information for my life, right? And I'll squeeze that Word of God, and I'll get everything I can out of the teachings and principles, and, and then I do my best to apply those principles to my life. And that's fine, and that's great, and that's what we should do. Colossians 3.16 says it's awesome. Encouraging each other in wisdom, singing songs, singing praises unto God. This is all really, really good stuff. But for me, somewhere along the way, I can quickly forget that God's word is more. God's word is not only informative, but it is performative. That's good. Yeah, write that down. Look, that one's from Erica. That was a good one. Okay, we're going to keep that one. It is. It's not just information, but it is alive and active. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So once I've received his word and I've studied it, which is right and good, the question for me becomes, am I really hearing these alive and active words of Christ to let them take root and form faith in my heart? And sometimes it takes the darkest, most spiritually blind moments in your life to actually see God. So don't curse the cave. That's why you hear, like Pastor Robbie will speak. He'll say, praise God for these moments. God's going to show up, right? And only someone who's really been there and gotten through it knows exactly what he's talking about. Has anybody been through it, gotten through the other side? Like in the cave, I received the word. It's going to be okay. Maybe a word from God. And maybe just one word is like that tiny glow stick. <laughs> but it's enough to light my way. It's enough to get me started. But the next thing I do is I start to question and doubt the direction and knowledge of the one who's been here before. <laughs> yes, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. But you've you been here? You, you know what I'm going through, right? But am I truly hearing 
Am I truly hearing the word of God so that faith can come alive? Hang on to that idea. Say, am I really hearing so faith can come alive? I'm reminded of Peter. Uh, this is one of my favorite stories. Let's go to Matthew 14, 28. Matthew 14, 28. Anybody got a Bible want to read out loud? This is like, this is a cool story. There's a lot in this story. We're going to kind of just grab some pieces of it. Um, it starts off, uh, we see a story where Christ is walking on the water, and Peter says, Lord, if it is you, that will preach. Lord, <laughs> if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you upon the water. And Jesus said, come. Tiny little glow stick. Stay alive. <laughs> Just the one word. And then Peter is kind of like, I feel like I'm related because that's all I need. Word. Boom. And I'm out, right? He jumps out of the boat and he's doing fine. And let's get this. Like, if a faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God, he heard the word of God, which, by the way, is the Rhema word we learned on Wednesday. That's the word God speaks to you. And for you in this specific moment. So he speaks a word to Peter. Peter starts. And here's what's crazy is the logos part. The logos part of that word is what made the ocean solid. Because if he says it, it's true. Why? In the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. You take that word, you look up logos and you get the entirety of who Jesus Christ is and everything he said that is eternally true. So the word come for Peter, boom, I'm going to jump out of this boat, became logos, solid ground. So what happened? Why did he sink? So there's a, there's a part to play here with me. When I'm in the moment, there's a part to play. So what happened to Peter? It's such a good question. Why, why, are you, why are you sinking? And what's even crazier was it took faith to hear, to believe, but then faith failed. Really? How does that? So follow me on with this, and we'll get through it really quickly. Peter gets out of the boat on the spoken word of God. And he stands on the reality of the power of Jesus Christ. Where did it go wrong for Peter? Have you ever been there? Have you ever done that? It's really funny because it's like in that cave. I, I'm holding up this little light of the word of God that said, come into a cave. And you're like, okay. <laughs> yes, Lord. And you begin to move and your faith begins to grow and then something happens and you lose the voice of God. And I, I imagine this is what happened. The word of God began to get drowned out for Peter because of the wind and the rain and the storm of fear and doubt. And here's a, here's a little amazing clue. Peter doesn't know what the logo says yet. Christ has not died yet. So I don't really blame Peter. He, didn't, he had a little faith, but it wasn't faith enough. What excuse? 
do we have now that we know and with that knowledge are living this Christian life? His words are more than enough. The words you read in the Bible are real and alive and for you. It's not just information. It will keep you alive. Somebody say amen. amen. I thought it was funny. Um, right before this, so Mark has the same story. And then, and then just a few chapters in Mark, I think Jesus was trying to explain it to him. But it, it was, it's hard for them to get. I mean, at one point, Jesus is literally, I will be crucified. And they're like, what? That's, that ain't going to happen, right? So yeah, I think it was hard for him. But now let's read this parable with the eyes of the logos, okay? The complete work of who Jesus is, everything that he is, alive and active. Every word that is written down is for you, and it is a promise, and it is yes and amen. Then Jesus said to them in Mark 4, 13 and 20, do you understand this parable? How will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like the seed along the path where the word is sown. And as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was, what are we replacing word with there? Logos. That's, that, that's what the translate. Literally, a, Jesus Christ alive. The power of who Jesus is. Others like seed sown in rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, Jesus, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. And this is what trips me up a lot of the time. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. We know the good soil, and I am rarely... The good soil. <laughs> I'm not even the best kid my parents had. So, like, let's just be honest with each other. And, oh, I need to, I'm dispelling this rumor right now. Robbie said that the Chevette caught on fire that we used to travel in. Not my fault. <laughs> I've, set a, I've set yards on fire in two churches, not the car. <laughs> Ain't that right, Landon? Landon knows. They couldn't understand the parable because they didn't understand what the word represents. But we do. The living word of God, that is Jesus Christ. They didn't realize that the word was Christ. And in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Romans tells us that faith comes by hearing. And I've heard. But something like this trouble in the parables. Robs me of the word. That's what happens. The logos of God is under attack. The truth of the living word, which is the totality of Christ, every promise and every blessing and every miracle that God is trying to place in my life is under attack. And you have to ask yourself a question. When it comes to the rhema, the personal word for you, and the logos, the written word of God, 
Jesus Christ. Which one's greater? We, we get it mixed up. It's not one is greater than the other. They go hand in hand. You cannot hear the rhema. You cannot hear the come and stand on it unless you understand what the logos is. I'm going to pull my pants up because that was. Oh, I love to pray. I just don't like to read. Oh, my, 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 you know, I spend my time with Jesus. I get more out of worship than I do the word. God is not a contradiction, and he's not a fool. He won't say something to you in prayer and then go into his word and write down something different. He doesn't have Alzheimer's. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> I just, yeah, my bad. I'm getting old. Right? It's alive and it's active. If you want to hear a fresh word from God in your life, like Pastor Robbie preached about, you need to get into the word of God. Because the rhema and the logos go hand in hand, okay? You can receive the rhema, and how do I judge the rhema? With the logos. I got to read it. All right, that prophet said I was going to marry that girl, but she's, she's already married, so I don't think this is right. I'm going to look this up. <laughs> no, nope, Jesus said don't do it. Mm-mm, I'm not, I ain't going to do it. The enemy will attack your word. If you don't believe me, okay, what's the first thing that the devil did to Jesus? He came after the word. He said, oh, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for isn't it written? (laughs) He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone, Matthew 4, 6. Life and storms and trial and the very enemy of our soul will come for your word. Not your rhema. That's too private. It won't come for that. That's that thing God speaks to you and only to you. And that's what's beautiful about that. That is for you, specifically for you in your specific time of need. Isn't that great? What he'll come for is the Logos. Promises like Jeremiah 29 11. He'll try to twist it on you, make you doubt it until you're in that cave. And even though he's saying, I, I've done this, come on, I've got the way out. Let's go. You will get frozen with fear and you will sit there until the water rises and takes you. How do I know? I've done it. I did. I I distinctly, you ever heard someone say, uh, was the Holy Ghost faithful to you even though you were going to sin? Absolutely. Spoke to me the whole time when I knew that pill bottle was in my drawer. Saying, not that, this. Yeah, but I'm hurting. And you want me to go through, but I don't want to go through. But I spoke a word to you. Yeah, I hear you, but I don't hear you. Faithful the whole time. And because I had a lack of logos in my life, 
I reached for a foundation that wasn't God. Look, you're doomed to repeat the same mistakes unless you go back and figure out what you did. You've got to figure out where you went wrong. And for a lot of us, we want the rhema, but we don't want Jesus. I want to shout, but I don't want to live right. It's tough for me to talk about, and it seems like it always circles around, but that's a big part of who I am. And it, everything has ex- that has extended from it has changed my life, from the friendships I've made to my understanding of the Word of God. And I'm telling you right now, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change a thing. I don't want to go back to the dummy I was. I've learned so much and I've grown in God because of my cave. My cave is why I'm here today. And his mercy is why I'm here today. All right. I got like eight minutes, right? Yeah. So there's something that's coming for your word. And for Peter that day, it was the wind and the waves. And I love the idea that, I love this idea that Jesus is saying, come on, come on. And as Peter's trying to get closer, the wind picks up, the lightning and the rain. And he can't quite see God through the storm. And he, now he, he can't quite hear him. Mom. And, man, there is no scarier place on the planet when you can't see God and you can't hear God. And that's the active rhema that you're looking for. Talk to me. Talk to me. And the whole time he's, I am talking to you. Open your Bible. Jesus went from there. Two blind men followed him. I'm in Matthew 9, 27. Sorry. I do that backwards because of my superpower of ADD. So, <laughs> the, the blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. And when he had gone indoors, I love this story. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and asked, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done. I learned something really powerful from these three blind guys, and, or these two blind guys and three big principles. And I saw that how they lined up with my life so perfectly that it was amazing. The Bible tells us that when we call upon the Lord, he will come and he will answer. And I remember how I got out of the cave, Dad. I remember the day I got in it and got stuck. And I remember how I got out. And this is true of every situation I've ever had in my life. And it's going to sound easy, but it's the hardest thing for us to do. I'm in the cave. I'm in the dark. I want out. What are you doing? This is your fault. This is your fault. This is your fault. This is, I started to run out of people to blame. I can't blame God. I can't blame my friends. And the next thing I know, I hit my knees and I said, I quit. I'm done. 
I surrender, and the tears started to flow. And I said, God, I need your help. I can't do it. And I promise you, from that day on, things started to turn in my life because I surrendered my will to the will of God. So here's a good, here's a good point. These blind dudes, they had surrendered. They had given all. They're not giving up, but they had surrendered their future and their miracle to the hands of Jesus. Isn't that awesome? You write it down. My will, I surrender. Second point, I will listen. When you're in the darkness and when you are blind, all these guys had was the voice of God. Could you imagine? Three blind men followed Jesus. That is a joke waiting to happen. I'm sorry if you're blind. I love you. Like, but it's funny, right? They're probably laughing. That's probably super not PC, but it's hilarious. <laughs> it's like you get just some, like, where is he at, right? Like, but everything inside, they were so desperate for a touch from God, a word from God, that they, ha- they probably had to work so hard to get it. Hey, man, uh, where is he at exactly? Oh, he's just right down. Here, man, I'll take you. Like, right? No, you're going to have to take me. Your pa- pastor, you're going to have to lead me. I can't see. I need Jesus. I'm blind. I need him. Where is he? I'm not giving up. The only thing I've given up is on my ability to heal myself. Hallelujah. (laughs) I will listen. I believe that the rhema and the logos are synonymous with one another. The spoken word is not greater than the written word. No, they work hand in hand. Specific guidance we receive from the Holy Spirit at any given time can only be judged and discerned by the eternal principles and the truths laid out in the written word of God. We need to hear and listen and understand if we want faith. If your word from God, your rhema, is not how you'll know it's not from God is when it's in uh, direct contradiction to the words God has written. And you know you're doing it right when it sounds something like this. This is Rhema and Logos working hand in hand. I have hidden your word in my heart, Psalms and Romans 10, so that when I hear your word, I will have faith in the moment. Isn't that powerful? Let's stand up to our feet. Last point is I will seek, I will ask, and I will knock. Matthew 7, 7, pastor shared this with us on Wednesday night. We must be persistent. We must never give up because hope is right around the corner. Romans 5, 3 through 5 says, not only so, but we also glory in suffering because we know that suffering produces. My dad, you love this scripture. Do you remember when you read this to me? How was it, about 18? Up in that little loft you had me living in, it was like 200 square feet. I felt like Quasimodo. You know what I'm All I needed was a bell. Darn it, I just broke the concept. Okay, hold on. Perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. 
We have to seek the right things. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And I know that it looks bad. I don't know what you're going through. But maybe today you just needed a word. Maybe one. Come. So let's close our eyes, bow our heads, however you like to do it. Well, here it is. Come. I need a fresh word from you. Open my eyes again, God. I can hear you, but I'm not really hearing you. What I'm hearing doesn't line up with the logos, God. I, I need you to speak to me. And that's all right. And I got great news. Maybe today you're new. This is your first time maybe in church or you haven't given your life to the Lord. I got an awesome promise for you. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's why it's called the good news, man. This thing is easy to get into, a little tough to maintain. Today, I know I need an active and fresh word from God, either his rhema or his logos. I'm at the point in my life, I just don't care. Because if he gives me a fresh rhema, I'm going to go look for the logos. I've already been that guy operating on one without the other. doesn't work. So if you need Jesus today, with every eye closed and every head bowed, if you want to raise your hand or come up to the front, say, I want that promise in my life. I see you guys. I want that promise. I want to be saved. I'm done trying it my way. I've tried. It's just not quite working. And I'm, I'm lost in this cave. Rick, and I don't know which way is up or down. It's so dark. Thank you for your hands. So many hands. Let's pray. Jesus, I give my life to you. My whole heart. All that I am. Occupy this vessel. Be big in my life. I turn from my wicked ways. And I give myself completely to you. In Jesus' name. I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. Come on, put your hands together. Thank you guys so much. You guys are amazing. This is the best church ever. And mom and dad, I love you. There are people in your life who are desperate to bring you the word of God. They're trying their best. Don't be angry. You're only mad because it hurts. <laughs> Don't be angry. They love you. And guess who will be there when the dust settles? The people who loved you. All right, you guys are dismissed. Have a great day.